Hello, welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I honestly can't believe we're reviewing this. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Venom, which released in 2020. Written, starring, produced, edited and directed by Robin Westlake. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis for Venom? Well, the story follows a female journalist and her boyfriend, Eddie. The journalist, Michelle, has uncovered evidence that a local drug dealer is using exotic snakes to transport cocaine around his drug dealing area. The drug dealer finds out about this information being leaked and decides that he needs to kill Michelle and her boyfriend and so decides to unleash a deadly snake into their apartment. We're gonna need a bigger coat. Shall, shall I go first? Oh yeah, I got nothing here. Oh yeah, you got he's He literally has nothing. I mean, you can probably tell right from the get-go with this that this is a no-budget film that doesn't have an IMDb page, nope. doesn't have a Wikipedia page, nope. neither does the filmmaker. The only person attached attached to this film yeah. is the person whose music that they used whose copyright free music has been available on the internet for I don't know nearly 20 years yeah <laughs> man it's 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 bad this is like ankle biter is bad I mean the quality of this movie makes slashers look fucking amazing like there was probably a hell of a hell of a lot of things I could have done with this whole entire hour I could have slept I could have picked up the uh, the lint from my belly button. I could have could have uh, I could have built something. Instead, I sat down and watched uh, this movie. And I'm gonna say off the bat before it gets too bad that I uh, personally would like to thank uh, Robin Westlake for bringing this movie to at least my attention. I can't speak for my friend here because obviously, as you can tell by his face, he is not happy. Um, but I, I want to thank him because I've watched a lot of shit in my time. I've seen a lot of films. We have reviewed, reviewed a lot of movies on this channel and our, our, you know, happiness has gone up and down. Our excitement has ebbed and flowed and we have watched some seriously amazing fucking movies and then we've watched some real dregs of fucking shit and... I always get into a conversation with people and people go, oh, that movie is shit. I'm like, what are you comparing it to? You watch nothing but good movies. You don't know shit. I watched Venom, not the Tom Hardy one, which is fucking shit. And I even contemplated watching the Venom sequel after this Venom because I wanted to see how bad it got. I couldn't bring myself to it because um, Carnage one looks really fucking shit. But this, this pile of shit kind of sits in between the two bits of shit. You know, the, 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 the terrible panning at the beginning. You know, the terrible sky shots. <laughs> the terrible zooming in. And you've got uh, Danielle Brocklebank uh, playing Michelle, the reporter. And we don't actually get her name until like 30 minutes into the film. <laughs> no, exactly. I hardly got any of their no, names. No, like... That's <laughs> a wait for the, the credits to come up at the end. <laughs> like, after we had the font bump onto onto screen with the opening credits I the know. venom letters <laughs> popping out one after the other so bad 
so bad i can't i'm trying to hate on it ladies and gentlemen i really am like you saw me when i was with tekken 2 it was shit well i think my mind is broken after all these years of just of just watching terrible things and just having to compare them to other things because Michelle's finding out this information. She's gone to a phone box uh, to to find an earpiece because some guy's trying to lure her to an alleyway somewhere so that he can break this information about this drug dealer. That's after she gets confronted with some kind of sex pest. Uh, the guy in the hat. But who, who we'll learn later on is is number two. He's like the drug dealer's number two, and he is the worst guy to follow round a reporter. Ever like I, like I I'm saying this I'm saying this because obviously the director had to keep it all in one shot so that we didn't lose what the fuck was going on because the editing the editing and story is just really badly but this guy in this hat is just following her he walks up he walks up to the phone box and he's like how much love blow job she's like what and he's like oh this is one of those phone boxes I'm like hey how much love what how much for a blow job. This isn't that kind of phone booth, and I'm not that kind of girl. Well, actually, it is that kind of phone booth. You're in the wrong neighbourhood. That's usually the right neighbourhood for us. What? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> the script is terrible. Like, there was just worst line after worst line after worst line with this movie. If they're not making fucking terrible movie references quotes they are literally reading their own script that and at one point like i'm going to spoil it now because there's no point we're going to show you the fucking whole movie if we can at one point michelle talks about needing a massive shit and how she's going to make a shit pretzel the thing i'm most looking forward to today is getting back into that bed of you and not thinking about work all day. and like what's the thing you're least looking forward to I've been holding in a poo since you went into the bathroom and I think it's twisted itself into a giant poo pretzel which I'm not looking forward to passing. Fucking hell Michelle, we're eating. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's. I'm sure Robin, when he was writing the script, thought it was hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ridley Scott <laughs> thought the same thing with Covenant. But anyway... Michelle meets up with uh, this guy who's the informant, who we think we think is the same guy who's number two. He's just wearing a a, a wig and a bit of a beard. It could be the, the her boyfriend Eddie. There are literally three people what? in this film. The, the the guy with the informant getting yeah. all the information. I couldn't work out if that's Eddie in a disguise or if that's number two no. just in a different shot. No, the Eddie, the Robin Westlake plays both Eddie, the boyfriend, and he also plays the goon in the ridiculously cheap looking mask. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, they have to put glasses on oh. over just to hide the fact that it is a shitty mask. But that's what I'm saying. Michelle goes and speaks to this guy for information to find out about the drugs being transported in the snake. No, he she doesn't go to the information. He just gives it to her. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, You're a reporter. I I trust you. Yeah, but this guy that she's talking to, I was trying to work out if that was the director or if it was number no. two. Because there's that shitty, there's that shitty scene in a bit as well. It, it, this film felt like five hours, okay? It felt like, it's an hour. It felt like fucking ever. But there's that sequence where Dragon, the drug dealer, is in the room with the informant and number two. And they had the terrible editing of the gun because number two's holding the gun at the informant. But I'm pretty sure number two and the informant were the same guy, so they couldn't be in the same shot. So they had to angle 
the gun on the camera to point it at the informant to look like the gun was being held at him. Yep. Yeah, and it looks awful. It looks awful. The amount of close-ups that this film utilizes to try and cover up the shameful lack of locations and that they audio. have. On top of the terrible audio between every camera edit, you're just like, man, you didn't even get the basics right. Like, no. you didn't try at all. And then, and then just to, to cement it off, we get this awful effect where we're led to believe that they're in the back of a white man. And so we get the exterior shot, the establishing shot of a toy van parked in front of a picture of of a of a of a, of a store. Yeah. And you're just like, man, that's a picture, and that's a toy car. It wouldn't be so bad if they hadn't showed it like three times that you could actually look at it really closely and go, it's a real toy car in front of a picture i would like if this guy if robin westlake had released this movie as a parody film i totally get it like he's like you know hey this is how you make a shitty movie like this, this that should have been the title how to make a shitty movie and he could have made a shitty movie and we'd have totally got the fucking joke but it's not a joke ladies and gentlemen he honestly went i need an exterior shot of a white van but i don't have a white van I have this toy. And so I don't think the audience is going to be looking well enough to be able to tell the difference between a toy white car and a picture. Well, I fucking did, dude. I sat through Terminator Dark Fate. I am fucking watching your shit, like, intricately. Uh, but anyway, so um, Michelle goes back to her office and she gets kind of flirted on by one of her colleagues, who I think might have been the director again. I don't know. It could have just been random guy but he, he starts saying about taking her to lunch and i thought it was her boyfriend at one point but her boyfriend's still at home playing alien on the spectrum right <laughs> and playing with his dragon sword i gotta give him credit for that i've always wanted a dragon sword and it comes up later on <laughs> i thought that shot when michelle came home and he opened the door was absolute tripe <laughs> I have seen some editing in my fucking time but as she opened the door and he opened the door from the inside and you could easily tell that it was two different shots connected uh, yep Bad. I mean, I was just impressed that at least the actors were on the in shot. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed that shots were in focus. That's about all that they managed to get right. I got, I, I got really confused because they said they lived in a flat and it felt like a two-story house. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, if they actually had a boom mic, it would oh, have been in the film. Hey, hey, you say boom mic. Fucking Halloween four or five had a fucking boom mic. It was part of the fucking cast. <laughs> you disapprove. Well, perhaps you'd like to go back to the old fashioned way of putting things in people. <laughs>
Howling 4, that's what this movie made me fucking think of, just how shitty it was. Um, so Michelle and Eddie are back at the flat. Um, he's bought KFC, or she's bought KFC. One of them got KFC, because they sit down and they start having KFC. Yeah, I certainly don't think that... Uh, or maybe, I mean, the, the amount of blatant <laughs> KFC product placement in this uh. film along with Pepsi Max, and I think Samsung at one point as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a, a moment where they use the tin cup, the string cup. Oh my god, yeah! And he turns the cup so that you can clearly see KFC on it, pointing to the camera. It's like... I can't believe that. It was probably the best day on set when they got <laughs> to eat the KFC. It probably was. Yeah. Look at you! Look how unhappy my friend is. I'm having way of a time with this review because it's so bad. It's so bad. Anyway, so the drug dealer Dragon, I I I, I missed his last name. It was either like Melissant or Melican or but he's basically he's called Dragon. He's a terrible mask wearing guy, and he's found out the information from his informant that they it's been leaked to the press. And the press are going to find out that he's been importing all these exotic snakes and sticking all the drugs inside their body so they can transport it. And they actually go through this whole monologue talking about how it's a really great way to, to send the drugs out because um, you can just tell them that they've just been fed and nobody's going to x-ray a, a live animal, a small live animal like that because it will kill them. So it's, it's foolproof. It's foolproof. Not like this film. This film was not foolproof. Um, but the reporter... Obviously has this information. And I don't understand why she didn't drop the information. It's going to be like 24 hours until she drops the information or something. Because Dragon and Number 2 decide that they are going to have to kill them. And the best way to kill them is... Not by, oh, that's right. Because they kill the informant by shoving a snake down his throat, don't they? I don't know. I didn't see him. Oh, yeah, you didn't see him. It's from the back of the head. It was so fucking shit. And, and Dra- he makes an off comment, doesn't he? That he uh, doesn't leave any good man behind or in somewhere yeah just proceeds to cut the snake out he proceeds to cut the snake out and it's, it's using snakes is better than using bullets because bullets can be traced but snakes can't be Okay, um, so they come up with the idea, number two and, and Dragon, that um, they if they put a poison snake into the flat, then uh, it'll kill the reporter and her boyfriend. So you have Hatman, number two, walk up to the house with a box. And it's at the exact same time that Eddie's taking the trash out. And it's a really terribly placed joke because you don't actually see it, but he takes the box from number two and hands him the trash bag and number two takes the trash bag and puts it in the bin and then gives him the finger and calls him a fucking asshole. But you don't actually see the fucking handoff. <laughs> I have to assume that's what the fuck they fucking did. And I assume that's what the fucking payoff was. I don't assume. Assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. Because Eddie comes in and goes, Hey, I know it's your day off and uh, I know that we're just going to be spending all day in bed doing nothing um but here's some work and she opens up the box 
And there's a snake in it. <laughs> That's not a snake. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's a sock puppet. It's, it's a bit of rubber tubing painted green. It's, oh it's whatever word. you want to fucking call it. It's not a fucking snake. I'm supposed to believe this is acting here. <laughs> That's it. That, but that's my absolute point. That every, I was saying this to you before we turned the camera on. Every actor started off like this at some point. Every not actor, everyone. Like, no, <laughs> no. I, no, I think they did. And there are there are there are actors who are incredibly natural. They can just act natural. They are just they are the character. As soon as they step on screen, you didn't even realize it. Some people take a lot of time to 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 finite that craft, to make themselves look believable, the character that they're playing. These guys have none of that. These guys are on neither end of this, this spectrum. You know, they are literally just playing themselves. And I swear at one point, I think they are literally reading off the scripts. I'm pretty sure. off screen. Um, because it doesn't sound like natural dialogue no, in no, any no, sense whatsoever. But that, but for, for me, that's where we've all kind of come from. Nobody, nobody just kind of walks onto a set and then it's boom, they're a fucking Oscar-winning actor. They all, even Johnny Depp had to fucking work his way up from terrible, terrible acting. And I, and I'm not saying that these guys are going to go off and win Oscars. I'm saying oh. that I'm saying that these guys maybe want to go back and look at this and go. Mm, maybe I should emote a bit more. I don't maybe think I anyone should. involved in this will ever go back and look at this. Not ever. They should, because it's terrible. It's terribly funny. I've seen this done on the Discovery Channel. I think it's poisonous, Eddie. I think it was a cobra. It's not a cobra, Michelle. Okay, this is England. Just trust me. I've got this. So... Eddie obviously decides that he's going to try and take out the rubber snake um, and he picks up his coat and he walks at the bottom down to the stairs and he tries to shove the coat over, uh, shove the coat over the snake, um, realizes that's not going to work and utters the line, we're going to need a bigger coat, which made me want to fucking punch my TV so fucking hard. Um, and as he came up the stairs, he was almost taken out by the snake and Michelle makes a Terminator reference. Yeah, get on your feet, soldier. Which was even more terrible. How, why does he struggle up the stairs? Like, why, why is he crawling up the stairs? Why, why is she stood at the top of the stairs doing nothing? Just, just, just so many whys here. Dude, they literally had an hour to play with. Like, <laughs> they had to pad. This isn't padding. Like, we've seen padding our time. This is like mattressing. This is the action scene! It's not fucking padding! Oh, yeah, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> Fuck's sake, film. Like, like the snake walking up the stairs is. It, it takes me back to Jaws three when the shark, the space shark's making his way to the big glass room. That's how bad. That's how bad special effects are. Are you seen the heights of Cameron? You've seen the heights of James Cameron. That is shit. Like when people go Avatar. That's a fucking terrible film. Fuck you, motherfucker. You watch Venom. And then I'll bet you'll be wishing for fucking Avatar. Now, I, I would probably still watch this film over Halloween Kills because this is fucking half the fucking footage. And I don't have to listen to uh, Evil Dice Tonight for fucking 45 minutes. 
Um, but Michelle and Eddie, uh, they realise that their phones have been cut because Dragon and Number Two in their magic van outside the house have got all these magical switches that they can literally do that. They can cut off your, they can cut your, uh, your signal and cut your phone line. Um, and Eddie, like, I got a bit confused at this. So, so Eddie decides that he's gonna, he needs tools, doesn't he? Because they, because he's gonna connect his mobile device to the landline so that they can get a call out because of course they cannot leave the house they can't go out any windows they can't go out the front door no they just... because the white van is outside in the hall oh yeah that's right yeah this, this <laughs> so we have to you. call somebody that's our only way out like their neighbors downstairs like the people underneath them or above them because they live in the flat like both of their phones are fucked like You've got no Xbox. This is 2020. No, no internet. I, we're 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 adding shit into this. So um, Eddie says that he's got to make his way into the room just, uh, you know, right next to the front room that they're in, and the snake's right outside the door. So obviously they're just so scared of the snake, and um, <laughs> Michelle comes up with this great idea of armor. So she rips up. I was, was that a comic book that she was ripping up? Yeah, pretty much. Fuck you, bitch. You should fucking touch my comic books for armor. You best be willing to fucking buy me new shit. Cause, like, I know her boy. She said at one point in the script that he was unemployed and that she couldn't afford to keep him like this and that's why he was selling his stuff so he could buy her a ring. Still, don't ever rip up a man's fucking comic book. Well, and now it's time for another action scene. <laughs> Where she uh, kind of just bats her arms at the bottom of the frame of the camera. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling this snake, apparently. Yeah. And we see the snake tearing away at the armor. <laughs> it's riveting, I tell you. He makes his way into the storeroom, doesn't he? He and does, a, And yeah. a bunch of boxes fall on top of him and take him out. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. And he gets stuck in this cupboard and Michelle ends up getting stuck in the other room. So now the two of them are kept apart. And so this is where she comes up with the cup on the string. It was so bad. Like, oh, it was awful. Like they, they, she's actually got one on on the and they, and they go in to explain about how the science between the cup and the string works just so that you know it's legit that they can do this <gasps> you can make you can make sure they keep the string tight oh but the snake's not having none of that snake's having none of that <laughs> having none of that so he ends up deciding that in order to get the tools that he needs over to his girlfriend <laughs> Which he's going like... to have to drive the remote control car just like Crystal Maze. It's like that far. Like literally. I know. I could, have, I could have reached for my TV and took the tools I off. I know. Oh, but man. we have to have this this tense sequence. <laughs> oh God. There's, there, there's stuff all over the landing. Will this car ever make? Oh, it's going to fall over. Oh, the tool's going to fall out. Oh no. The snake's got the car. Oh. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to grab the tools. Anyway. It's fine. Oh, scared. I've never said so scared of my life, Ian. I thought, I thought the moment where the Dragon's Order and the Snake had a fight was like up there with Pacific Rim, Godzilla, oh, Kaiju. Yeah. Like, um, it, oh, fucking, it was amazing. Just one toy fighting another toy. But 
The snake ends up taking out Michelle, I believe, at one point. Well, they think that they they decided to do something, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, but we don't know. The snake could be anywhere, so let's close all doors. Close all doors. Close all doors. Ah, oh, we've outsmarted the snake. That was easy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's on the light. Oh no! in somewhere. Well, that was easy. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> oh, and the snake starts spinning its tail around. Oh, it knocks her out. Knocked her out. I was like, she went flying through that door. Oh, the impact. <laughs> kind of snake does that. What kind of snake does that? But um, but Dragon and Number Two are outside as well, and they've realised that the snake is not working. <laughs> um, and so Number Two decides that, well, fuck it, I'm going to use a gun because obviously it's a little bit more reliant. And he he comes into the flat, doesn't he? And, yep. And, and he starts shooting the place up with his plastic sounding gun. Oh, the stickers on the window. Yeah. So fucking bad. Like I like. Like I said, kudos for fucking trying. That's not trying. I, dude, I'm trying to be nice, dude. I'm trying to be nice, you know? That's no effort at all. I, That's I, joke shop. But to make all that stuff kind of configure well enough that it looks that terrible, take some effort. Like, if you're going to make a shitty cake, mate, you still got to make the cake, even though it's going to be shit. It still, it still takes effort to make. this fucking guy and and eddie and number two wrestle about with the gun and he he takes the gun off him and he kills number two and then he shoots the snake in the head <laughs> yeah and you see that tomato ketchup splatter against the door <laughs> which i think that was worse than the bullets at least the bullets <laughs> it's not much um and eddie uh goes outside to dragon and forces him at gunpoint to give him anti-venom. And Dragon electrocutes himself. Like, he accidentally walks into it. It wasn't intentional, was it? He, no. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, he'd given himself up and was willing on helping. And then he killed himself. I don't know if he was going to trick him and betray him, which is probably what he was intending to do. And so, oopsie, I'm dead. <laughs> so I mean, I was... it was just so awful again ex extreme close-ups yeah they're pretending they're in the back of this bloody toy car van yeah you know and it's the same actor in in, in the mask and playing eddie oh yeah that's so right, it yeah. was just horribly staged where neither of them were on screen together once no you know i was just, this is also going back to the horrible horrible fist fight he had with number two Outside, where there are just elbows, yeah, you know, and occasionally pretending to be hit. I was like, man, this is. There was just no, no, no fight planning. It was just three shots or three angles, and and that was it. There's just no effort put into this. And so, oh wow, he's accidentally killed himself. Oh, I've got the venom. Oh, I managed to catch it. Oh, the suspense, the tension. Yeah. Oh no! And, and then... so he rushes up and pretends to uh, inject with the anti-venom. Well, yeah. the yeah. And then she comes back to life and she's like, you saved me. And he's like, yep. Yeah. And the film ended with, 
Terrible music. Ian, favourite memorable scenes? Oh, God. I like... I've got a couple, but they are just so shit. So, so, <laughs> so shit. Like, I like. I only wrote favourite scenes down because after a while, it's the thing that we do with our reviews. Even if a film is really fucking bad, I need to find something. And I know that there are some films that we've reviewed that I've got no scenes at all. But when you see a rubber snake wrapped around a dragon sword fighting, you fucking go with it, man. It's fucking epic. That's a dragon sword. The fact that he almost, he almost fucking... Played it like a flute at one point. I thought that would have been great. Uh, I liked the bit where um, he woke up and he played Alien. Uh, Aliens on Spectrum. Like, you know a film's got no budget when you can only afford to put Aliens on the Spectrum in your movie. I mean, you could play anything. You could play the Alien trilogy. He could have at least just pretended to turn a PlayStation on. I'd have believed he was playing any fucking PlayStation game. He could have fucking... He, he could have just gone into the toilet with a fucking magazine. And I'd have been like, hey, the guy's going in to jack off. I'd have totally got it. But turning on aliens on the spectrum and skipping to the very last fucking boss, cheap, dude. Real fucking cheap. <laughs> um, and the white van exterior shots. Wow. Like, wow. Bad. Real bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just as another fuck you movie moment for me was something mm -hmm. because there was already plenty of other film references. Yeah. The Shaun of the Dead reference where he's throwing stuff or coming up with things to throw at the snake. Oh, yeah. And he grabs Murder 101, the Pierce Brosnan movie, and he goes, oh, oh, not that. That's a classic. What? Is it a Pierce Brosnan movie, is it? Yeah. I didn't even wiki it. I was like, that film looks so shit, I'm not even going to look it up. <laughs> no, well, what was even worse was the film or the DVD that I think he actually threw at it. Yeah. Dragon Kingdom. But I, I think that probably would have been better than this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're not going to forget that fucking white van <laughs> in front of that picture and the amounts of shots that it appears in. Ridiculous. Terrible. Oh, the KFC Pepsi Max Samsung product placements. Atrocious. Assumption is the motherfucker... Is the mo Assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. I'll see myself out. He should have done. He should have seen himself right the fuck out. The epic coat hanger duel with the snake under the door. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to, if I hadn't written it down, I wouldn't. I totally forgot about that bit with the car. It's because it has to be seen it to be believed. To. It lives in that moment alone. Yeah, it has to, yeah. Um, Eddie punching the snake while it's swinging from the light. <laughs> it's there. It happened. It is. It Something is. happened. Something happened. Jeez, what a waste of fucking time. Ian, <laughs> do you recommend Venom? No, I am sorry, Mr. Westlake. I cannot recommend your movie to anybody to watch. But I will put it out there as a challenge to all you people who like film. People who like to sit and go, that film's shit. And they have really no comparison. My attitude is watch shit films and you can compare them. Because otherwise you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I have to give this director credit for actually... 
making something. I know uh, a lot of people would say I'm I'm absolutely fucking talking out my ass for saying shit like that. But seriously, I have watched shitty film after shitty film. And this film is really fucking bad. The audio is bad. The script writing is bad. The acting is bad. The special effects is bad. Everything surrounding this movie is bad. And so I will happily put it up there with Halloween Kills and fucking Terminator Dark Fate and fucking Hellraiser Judgment and Tekken 2 and every other fucking shitty film. Part of me was actually going to say, look, maybe I've been too harsh in the past. But no, listening to my friend here tell me that, yes, this film is shit makes me feel like when I've said it before that those films were fucking shit too. So no, this film was just shit. (laughs) It was just shit. It was an hour of my time that I don't think I'll ever get back. But like I said, I thank the director for giving me something to be able to compare shitty films to. Well, I second that, and I absolutely will not be recommending Venom. And I think the thing that annoys me the most is, yeah, it's easy to say they tried, and they got it made. That's fine. They did try, but they put in zero effort. And the thing that annoys me the most is that most filmmakers, amateur filmmakers, they don't... They don't rip you off with with having this on Amazon Prime Video. It's disgusting. There is nothing redeemable in this film at all. Nothing. Bad writing, bad script, bad direction in terms of your actors. Just one and done takes. It is just absolutely dreadful in every regard. And I just find it disgusting that it's available for people to buy. And the fact that it has a four and a half out of five star rating on Amazon Prime what? is just what? a disgusting what? ripoff. Just, exactly. How? How? And so, how? don't watch it. Avoid fu- it. You I have seen student films far superior than this. Maybe you will find this film funny. And then I will say good luck trying to actually find this film. Because they decided to call it Venom and release it between two massive Venom movies. You say massive. I mean Well, in comparison to this well, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, I think in a nutshell, no, I will not be recommending Venom. There are so many other low quality or independent filmmakers struggling to get seen that deserve your eyes. Not Robin Westlake, not this low-grade effort. Please, go and watch anything else with some bite in it. (laughs) Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. I need a bigger cut.